You're listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. Hello, welcome to Fandom on the Rocks. This is Emily. And I'm Allison. And we have a brand new show for you. This is going to be Pack Dynamics, a Teen Wolf podcast. Because we needed to rewatch and a little bit redive into the fandom as we're getting salty about all the things on Tumblr that gave us joy. Yes. As we've done with Glee and Supernatural, why watch new things when you can also rewatch old things? Correct. And I think this partly be- came up because they did the Teen Wolf movie. What was that? For better or for worse. <laughs> I, I still haven't watched it. Me neither. That was last year, I want to say. So if this is 2023. No, it was out. this year. It was this year? It oh, was not shit. that long ago. It was a okay. few months ago. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. We may watch it. We might. Yeah, sure. I know as much about it as I need to from the internet. Tumblr has been really, really sweet to us. And there we go. Yeah, it it happened. It was a movie in so far that it was more than the length of an episode. Correct. Right. And some good stuff happened. Some good stuff happened. Yeah. Actors got paid. Correct. Love that. Love that for them. Love that for them. (laughs) We got to deal with a lot of stuff before we get to the movie. Yes. Yeah. Teen Wolf was a TV show on MTV which I probably should have done some looking up of some facts about Teen Wolf, the TV show, before I started talking about it. Let's see. It's billed as being six seasons, although we know that that's not entirely true because of the way that they split up seasons three, five, and six. Uh, But it ran from 2011 to 2017. I think Mm -hmm. you and I stumbled into it in about 2013. That feels right because we were in LA. Yes. Yes. And launched the sort of mainstream careers of a bunch of folks, including Tyler Posey, Tyler Hecklin, and Dylan O'Brien. What a great trio. Ah, good times. Yeah, good for times. better or worse. <laughs> good times. Good times. Yes. It is also a remake slash take off, or really rather loosely based on the 1985 film of the same name that starred the wonderful Michael J. Fox as a teenager who finds out that he is a werewolf. And if you have not seen the 1985 Teen Wolf, you are doing yourself a disservice. You got to see it. It's campy in the way that all fabulous 80s movies are just made of utter camp, and it is 100% worth a watch. It is. You don't necessarily need to see the sequel Teen Wolf 2, T-O-O, but it's also fun. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, we got into this, I think, just because we were living together in LA and it came on. I don't honestly remember why we started watching this other than some of the cast is super attractive. So Emily and I moved to Los Angeles in 2013 together. We're old friends. And we moved in with a friend of ours. And this friend of ours was like, have you guys seen Teen Wolf? And we're like, have we seen what? And it must have been like right after season two, Mm -hmm. because he talks about how he ran into some of the cast during a convention. Um, Uh, And all I remember was talking about Allison's hair, that apparently like her hair gets better in season two. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know what that means, but okay. Mm -hmm. And having seen it now, I know what he means. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think we got into it right as season three was starting. Okay. So both you and I dove headfirst into Tumblr, and that's sort of where the takeover began. Got it. That's right. I completely forgot that it was this other person's fault. I blocked that. And if you're listening, we love you and thank you for everything. <laughs> yes, indeed. Wow, I forgot we had someone to blame for this. We did. It wasn't just us. It was a it was a family effort. It was yes. A community. It was a pack problem, as it a were. A pack problem. There we go. Great. Well, <laughs> the things you put out of your mind as you progress through life. <laughs> Memories. Now I'm just reminiscing about Los Angeles. 
I want to start singing, but that's probably not not the vibe. Not the vibe. Yeah. So the creator here is Jeff Davis. We could have a entirely other podcast about Jeff Davis. We don't need to do that. If you're a delightful and loyal listener to Glee on the Rocks, I think you're going to find that we talk a little bit about Jeff Davis. We have similar feelings for Jeff Davis as we do for Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Equal parts, incredibly grateful for what they put out and other parts just like head banging. Just why have you made this choice? Why? <laughs> Yeah. You know, a creator who starts out with like a vision, things are going pretty well. And then all of a sudden you're like, what did you do to this property and why? Why is this happening? So we have, you know, like with Ryan Murphy, we have eternal gratitude for Jeff Davis because he made this thing. And this thing has been a part of my life now for, what is that, 12 years? Oh, and God. I'm very, very grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And also, sometimes I wonder the conversations that led to the answers that we see on screen. Yes. And as we progress in this podcast, I think we'll probably do some background work of looking up interviews and maybe seeing if we can pull apart some of these decisions that were made. There's always in the making of TV shows, there are always behind the scenes work that gets done as uh, there's cast changes and there are deals that are made and kind of behind the scenes reasons why some things happen that are not necessarily plot driven, which is unfortunate because it can change the tenor of a show in ways that fans do not like and maybe the creators were not anticipating. Or sometimes it's just the creator. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the fans don't necessarily understand why a decision was made. And I don't know about you, but I have certainly felt personally betrayed by TV shows. Absolutely. Even though it's not, it, I don't get to be personally offended by TV shows. They did not set out to be like, oh, how can I ruin Allison's life specifically today? It's like, that's not what they did. That was not the purpose. <laughs> no, but sometimes it does feel that way. And sometimes it does feel that way. Yes. So I guess with that, we can dive into the pilot of the Teen Wolf, the series, Teen Wolf, the show. Teen Wolf, yeah. The MTV's Teen Wolf. MTV's Teen Wolf, season one, episode one, Wolf Moon, aptly titled, I think. We'll have to see how these titles progress because sometimes TV show titles are not amazing. I do love the, this was the Hulu Summary for this episode, which is simply, Scott is bitten during the search for a missing body, gaining strange abilities. And yeah, that's the point of the episode. There's a lot of other seeds that are sown, but that is the primary thing that happens in this episode. Incredibly stark. No, exp just Scott, a person. No, like for your pilot description, Hulu, who is currently running this series because streaming is getting really upsetting with what they're airing and what they're not airing. And who knows if by the time we finish recording this series, who will be streaming the show? We could maybe add a little more details about this show. A little, a little context. Some little context. context clues. Yes. A teenage boy, comma, Scott, yes. <laughs> comma, gets bitten one night. Yeah. By a scary monster. Anything to provide the viewers as to what they might be watching. But this did air June 5th, 2011. So we are right on target. We are right on target. Date. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Happy birthday, Teen Wolf. Totally planned, right? Yeah, uh -huh. totally. Sure. 100%. 100% planned. 100% planned. So we're right now we're recording episode one, but they did air episode one and two back to back, which I think is smart of shows to do that so that you get kind of a, a one-two punch of your show. Because sometimes the pilot episodes of shows are a little iffy. And they're usually so different, so than, the, different. than the second in a series. Mm -hmm. 
And that's one of the things that always really strikes me about the pilot is how different it looks to the rest of the show. 100%. Yeah, my notes are like, it's just like a nice atmospheric opening. It's kind of creepy. There are these like cops in the woods with dogs. It's foggy. It's dark. Like it's and got you, a- the jacket with the Beacon County Sheriff's Office mm-hmm. badge on it. You're like, oh, is this going to be a, a police show? It's got a true crime kind of, yeah, like a dark, moody vibe to it. And there's nothing in the first 10 seconds or 20 seconds that makes you think this is going to be kind of a goofy, kid-driven procedural (laughs) about bad CGI monsters. Correct. Because we move from the police and the dogs in the woods, in the scary woods, to zooming in on this enormous house. Mm-hmm. Like the McCall house is enormous. Let's be real about that. And you kind of get to go through the house a little bit and you meet this kid. And this kid is Scott McCall. And the first thing you see him doing is like relacing his lacrosse stick. I mm-hmm. think there's a, a term for it, but he's just doing super strong pull ups on the door frame. And he's like, oh, you can tell he's like, oh, it's just a teenage boy. And the first time I think I saw this, I was like, okay, so we're like dark, spooky in the woods. We get it. We get this like teenage boy who's definitely not in the woods. Like, is something going to happen to this boy? Yeah. The answer is yes, but not yet. Yeah. He definitely screams main character. Yes. Definitely, definitely. I did also love, and it really carries, I think, with Scott and Styles for at least the first couple of seasons, that they look like normal kids. They do. They're just kids. Yeah. I love that. It was like a, not to carry things to Glee, but it's like on the brain all the time because of these shows. A lot of the Glee kids do not look like high school students. No, at all. And it's in part because they're 25, right? right. And I, I don't remember, and I could look it up, I don't know how old the actors are when they started filming Teen Wolf, but at least their styling and their hair and makeup, they look more realistic as high school students, Yeah, especially in these early episodes. He's got yeah, this like, really floppy do. hair. Yeah, the floppy puppy hair. Yeah, he's got a look on his face that just says like insecure a little doofy. I'm 15. I just, Mm -hmm. I want to play sports and talk to pretty girls and not fail chemistry. Like that's all I want in life. Yeah. Like my best friend is an Adderall driven goof who is (laughs) the quintessential true crime girl. Like Correct. They just, they vibe as teenagers. And I really appreciate that because I, in contrast, Lydia does not. Lydia looks like a woman and that's fine because I think that's her vibe that <laughs> yeah her vibe she's meant to come across as someone desperately trying to seem put together and unattainable yes as styles will later introduce us to lydia that she's just completely unattainable yeah she's over high school she's over this i'm too smart i'm too pretty i'm too good to be here yeah so i i, I trying to come at these shows now as an adult with the hate watch goggles off <laughs> And being yeah. like, you know what? This is working. This works. They seem, acting chops aside, they are realistic. For sure. We cannot pass by the introduction of styles, however. Absolutely not, because I'm going to put on my Scott McCall hat for a second. So Scott hears some funny noises and goes downstairs out to his little like patio, his little porch. And sub two pieces. Okay, he has a fabulous house. Just to yes, say he does. again, it's, not a, it's to an pass incredible house. It's an incredible house. Like, let's not be shy about that. But two really important pieces of iconography in the show show up in Scott. So this night, Scott is wearing a red hoodie. 
Mm-hmm. And Scott, to go confront the scary noise, brings a bat. Yeah, I noticed that. It was funny. In my head, I know that he's carrying a bat, but it's not until I look at him next to Styles and go, oh, Scott introduces the bat. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was funny of like, is that purposeful or it was just like at some point the writer's like, hey, we like that bat. Give it to Styles. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's got claws. He doesn't need it no more. Give it to Styles. Yeah, right. Like, no, no, just give that bat to Styles. Yeah, that those are good call outs. I like that. And so then we are introduced to Styles, who does not yet have a last name, so he is just Styles. And so Scott is Scott is like on the patio, like ready to confront this super scary noise that he heard, and from above falls down his friend, hanging off by his little feet mm-hmm. <laughs> for reasons. Incredible, incredible introduction. No notes. And the two of them start screaming at each other because Scott almost hit Styles with a baseball bat. And Scott is like, what are you doing here? And Styles is like, what are you doing with a bat? And this is just the interaction of two incredibly soft teenage boys not thinking things all the way through. They are soft boys. I like they that. They are. They are. We've got the Jeep. Yes, the Jeep. Yes. Well, Styles is there because he has been listening in to the police dispatch radio as a good true crime girl would be doing. Correct. And two joggers have found a, well, half of a body yeah. in the woods. Yeah. And Quote, obviously- two joggers found a body in the woods. That's such yeah. a true crime girl. Yes. They are going to go uh, look for it because why not? Because why not? Yeah. I love that. I think they're they're like, let's just go out to the Beacon Hills Preserve and look for half of a body. Incredible. I just want to look at a corpse today. Like, that's super cool. That's totally, Mm -hmm. totally normal. A regular day. That's what I do the day before school starts is go and look for corpses. Middle of the night. (sighs) Deep sigh. Love it. Absolutely no notes about this. Scott, to add to his soft boy characteristics, is a severe asthmatic, which is a bit of a plot point about his transformation that comes later. They do obviously run into Styles' dad, who is the sheriff. And our first favorite character? Our first favorite character, Papa Sheriff Stalinsky. Eventually, he'll get a first name and we reject it, but yeah, that's okay. But Sheriff Stalinsky comes out and finds his own son. He finds Styles. But as a good dad always knows, where there is one, there is two. Yep. And is like, is Scott here? And Styles is like, no, absolutely not. Scott's not here. Scott's never been here. Yeah. A Scott? Yeah. Who's Scott? I don't know a Scott. My best friend Scott? Who's not here? Why? Why? We who travel in pairs? He's not here. The only guy I would ever go out in trouble with? Absolutely not. Never. Not, yeah. not, not even once. No. No, no, no. Something that always strikes me about like the pilot, like the first two episodes, please pay special attention before Styles leans into his t-shirt and flannel era, which he will hear soon. That boy is wearing a t-shirt and a blazer. I know. Yeah, his outfits are not good. That is like early, that's like peak 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is so specific. It is so specific. This is So this is going to be a terrible sidebar. Not a terrible sidebar, but this is why these episodes are, we're going to try to keep these to be like reasonable length episodes and this kind of sidebar is going to get us out of there. But I just saw, I think it was a tweet, even though I'm trying to stay off Twitter because uh, fascists. It was a tweet about an upcoming series, and I don't even know the name of the series, that is set back in the 2010s. And the person was commenting on the clothing that the characters were wearing, saying, you didn't even do a bare amount of research. None of these people are dressed like it's the 2010s. And it was so obvious because they're wearing 
patterns and nobody was wearing like a chunky necklace right oh man we no one was wearing to, like we a spaghetti the, strap yeah to the long spaghetti strap tank top and the big exactly belt. Oh, wait till allison gets in wait just wait <laughs> so like the clothing is so specific to the time that when you look back on it you're like oh this clothing could only have been from 2011 or 2012 so then when you look back now in 2023 you're like oh my god the 2011 clothing i love it it's incredible. So it's just a tangent of now shows in 2023 trying to emulate that and they're just not doing it right. And it's the problem that I had with the Winchesters where they're trying to emulate clothing from the early 70s and it they it's like it doesn't look worn. It looks like someone who bought new clothes from 1972 and never wore it previously, right? Like if you're living in 1972, you bought your clothes in 1970 right? Like you, you've been wearing it for a few years. Anyway, all to say their clothing is A plus because yes, it, it looks is, so it, specific. It does. And it puts you back into that time. Like I see mm-hmm. that clothing and I'm like, oh, I'm like a sophomore in high school. Okay. 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 Fantastic. I got I you. The party too. We, the party later, like, oh. We'll get there. Yeah. It's uh, such early 2010s. Yeah. So the sheriff drags Styles out of the woods, kind of kicking and screaming like any true crime girl getting mm-hmm. dragged away from the scene of a murder. And Scott is desperately like, uh, okay, now I'm in the woods. And he is like shaking his inhaler and trying to breathe. And he's like, where am I? Where am I going? And then out of nowhere, all of these animals come like sprinting out of the forest. And this is the like most incredibly inc- something CGI mm, yes, of this yeah. episode. It is outstanding. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. Just like deers flying everywhere. And yeah, my notes here say the animals are all running from blank and Scott dropping his inhaler in the woods with the world's most awesome CGI. Mm -hmm. It looks so cheap. I love it. (laughs) But you know what? If scary CGI deer came flying at me in the middle of the night in the dark forest, I too would drop my inhaler and look for it with my cell phone flashlight, which Scott does. He doesn't even use the cell phone flashlight. He uses the screen because he does. it's 2011 and they don't have flashlights on the front. Oh my gosh, this was peak. This was peak. So good. But Scott, you know, is looking for his inhaler. But as any best friend of a true crime girly, what does he find? The body. He finds the top half of the body and it's... You know, she looks at me and I look at him mm-hmm. <laughs> and she looks at me and I look at him. Yeah. I did appreciate that it was kind of gross. Like I, you know oh, me, yeah. I like, I like gross horror. Like nothing actually grosses me out anymore, which is maybe a problem. But I was like, oh, that makeup on that dead girl looks kind of good. It does. So I'm going to do some timeline speculation. So if you're watching this for the first time and don't want spoilers, like skip, like just mute oh, yeah. me for the next like two minutes. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. So timeline, Laura has been dead for like maybe a day Mm -hmm. because the hikers found her, but they found her in daylight, which means that at this point in the series, Peter is fully healed and Derek may or may not yet be in town because Derek came to find Laura. Mm -hmm. So lacrosse practice, quote unquote, according to Styles, starts tomorrow, which means maybe the first day of school. Uh Or did Peter kill Laura like – that same day tonight the same night he bit scott like all Mm. of this that we like kind of unpack in season one happens i think within the span of like 24 hours 
Yes, I think I, you're right. Yeah. So there's somebody, some beautiful person on a Discord that I'm part of did a full-on timeline, and I have to go dig that up and see if I can find it. But yeah, the timeline, especially of season one, is just so compact. It's so small. Yes. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm assuming werewolves decompose at the same rate. Like, she's fresh. Yeah, she's fresh. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, so Peter could not have been doing stuff for more than a day at this point. Maybe two. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna close the lid for spoilers. Thank you for thank you for your patience. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, it makes movie sense. TV it sense. makes movie sense. Yeah. Okay. So so Scott finds Scott finds the girl, and the girl's looking at him, and he's very upset by this, and he whirls around in the forest, and then he sees something and goes, hmm. and what does he find? But off in the distance, there's a red-eyed spooky, scary, giant monster. (laughs) It is Harry Potter (laughs) level of werewolf scary. It's not my favorite. No, it's not my favorite either. Yeah. So I have an aside here. There's a shot. So like Scott sees the scary monster and the scary monster comes to run at him. And Scott tries to run away. But there's a shot here of Scott getting like, he like falls down and reaches for a branch to like pull himself away. Mm. And there's a shot that's very similar to that at the end of the season. Mm. And I thought that that was a funny like little juxtaposition that they may or may not have done on purpose. And then also funny in the way that movies can be funny, but not in the way that Scott got bitten by a scary creature. But there's a shot of Scott like screaming in in fear and he puts his hands up in the air in little claws. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, (laughs) the transformation is complete. (laughs) It's very fun. I like to think that they they really spent some time on this pilot. I think they did. There are like little sprinkle mm-hmm. wings everywhere that show that they were paying attention to something. So I think one, I don't want to say like a key point of that because that doesn't make any sense. But so after he's bitten, right, it's the first day of school and the class that they're in, they're studying Kafka's metamorphosis. Yes, they are. And I don't think you can read much into the plot of metamorphosis other than the fact that it's about someone changing i think that's enough to say that they were paying attention in this pilot to even bother putting that up on the board to be like look we're uh we're talking about change and metamorphosis and <laughs> it's like a real baseline reading of not that i've read kafka's metamorphosis because like no fucking thank you but it is a book about change right Right. On the surface level, it's a book about change. It's a book about change. And the word means change. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's kind of getting Scott to think that like, oh, huh, maybe things are different now. So like, it's enough that the show did that. Like, they're thinking things through. Is that the case in seasons four and five? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's the glee problem. Like, are you doing this on purpose or are you not? I can't tell. I can't. But I think in season one, they are. Yeah, for sure. But yes, so so now Scott is undergoing some change because his hearing is crazy good all of a sudden. He can hear so there's a a new girl in town sitting outside, and uh, he can hear her phone call all the way through the window and the wall to the window to the wall to the window to the wall and all the way out to her uh to her phone call so i'm gonna pause us for a hot second because we have to turn the car around and 
almost run over Scott McCall in this moment because we missed a big, a big thing. So oh, uh, Scott, you know, is in, well, Jackson, but Scott is in the forest and he's like trying to get away from this big scary monster and he runs into the middle of the road and he almost gets hit by a car. Yes, he does. Which they will then retcon later in the series, which I oh. think is fantastic. Yes, I did forget that. I did forget that later they- They do. They retcon that later in the series and it Mm -hmm. just ties it all together in a beautiful way. But he finds himself like in the middle of the street and he lifts up his sweater to show us this gigantic mouth bite Mm -hmm. like on his like side flank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My note here is it's very nice of the monster to not have bitten through his clothes. Yes. Because if you look at it, it's clean clothes, clean clothes. Big bite. It's like he pushed up his shirt. You very politely bite him in the flank. Mm -hmm. So we now know as an audience that like something happened in the forest. So he, you know, is in class and is listening to this phone call that he should not be able to hear. And we're like, "Hmm, I wonder why. The best part is that the audience absolutely knows what's going on. You just have to watch Scott trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And Styles, like... Styles is the true crime girl again who's like oh I know yeah I think it was a wolf Ugh, there are no wolves in California yeah like okay 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 Styles yeah there are no wolves and you're like buddy buddy he's gonna do like three seconds of google research and figure it out and it's gonna be all good so because I'm trying really hard to watch this with my goggles off my shipping goggles ah yes I would be remiss to not mention this is the introduction of Styles and Lydia Martin yes so, you know, this is the, you know, you get doing this thing is the most interesting. It's the best thing in this town since the birth of Lydia Martin. And Lydia is a character we will get to know. And she passes right by Styles. Mm-hmm. Yep. She does not give a fuck. She does not give a fuck. She gives no fucks. Not about Styles. Mm-mm. So Scott's in class and they're in the first day and they're learning about Kafka. And he hears Allison's phone call. And she's like, I can't believe I forgot a pen. So she walks into class and teacher that introduces her says, hopefully Beacon Hills will be your last stop for a while. Mm -hmm. And I felt some feelings. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I felt some feelings. Yeah. We'll get there. Yep. Yep. Poor Allison. Yeah, we'll get there. Well, she's got, you know, her own shit to work through. And she's got quite a story arc. So she's got it. She's got some time. Yes. Yes. Did you find... so? Scott hands her a pen because he heard the phone call. Smooth or creepy? Because I was like, slow your roll, my dude. That's a little weird. Creepy for me being in my 30s. If I were 15, it would be cute as heck. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah, in the mid-30s here, I'm like, hold on. Yeah. In my 30s, I'm like, hard pass. If I were 15 and starting on a new day of school and a very cute floppy-haired boy gave me a pen, I'd be mush. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, buddy. Uh, stock, slow the stalker behavior for a little bit. Fair. Yeah. So then we get after class and, you know, Scott and Allison are making eyes at each other because that's what you do with cute floppy haired boys. And who comes up to Allison but Lydia Martin. And they start mm-hmm. talking about clothes. And Scott can like overhear the entire conversation because he's got his fancy new ears. And in a coup of high school popularity, Lydia looks at Allison and goes, And you are my new best friend. Yes, the dynamics of high school popularity here, where Lydia is the alpha. Lydia is, in fact, the alpha. Well, Lydia and Jackson. Jackson is 
Yes. Jackson is the boyfriend, but Jackson is only the top of the food chain because of Lydia. Correct. But not yeah. that he'll believe that. No. Jackson does not understand that he is not, in fact, an alpha himself. Yeah. Only because Lydia has chosen to put him on the top of the food chain. And only when he's a winner. Only when he's a winner. Yes. Only if he wins. Only if he wins. Yeah. And a lot of this about Lydia changes dramatically oh, in the later ab- seasons. Absolutely. Her character arc is outstanding. And I cannot wait for you to see her like in seasons five and six. Mm, okay. Like she 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 gets a little more intricate and more she comes into herself. And it's mm-hmm. so incredibly cool to watch. Yeah. That's good because I have a lot of nice things about Lydia Martin character development, but it is fun to go back to season one, Lydia. Great. You know, this is a version of a high school girl that I don't know actually exists, but it's a trope that we see often. But Holland is so good at it. Yeah. That it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. All right. So we move from class to really the only thing that matters (laughs) at Beacon Hills High School, lacrosse, the sport of lacrosse. And it's the first day of practice. I think they thought that they were going to make lacrosse a thing and they didn't. But they tried. They really tried to make lacrosse a thing, but... Uh, they really tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we do have, get Coach Bobby Finstock. We do. Played yeah. by just uh, the world's funniest man, question mark, Orny Adams. I just, every single time Coach is on screen, I just don't look at anybody else. I just don't. I don't look. I don't care. I'm not present. A Coach <laughs> is the best. What about me? Trying not to take any in the face. Like, okay, Coach. Yeah. She is truly insane as a coach, and it's it's a wonderful character for this this school. Yeah. It does seem like he's never actually seen a game of lacrosse and is still the coach. It does, for sure. Yeah. Because he gets to coach some other sports later in the school year, and I'm just like, are you just the only coach? Do you just coach all the things? <laughs> I think he is. He might just – that's just his name. It's just coach. He's just coach. Yep. So in this lacrosse practice scene, Scott gets to – accidentally use his new superpower skills and he's jumping and he's really fast and he's really strong and it's you know styles is really like oh man that's really cool and scott is really excited about it and lydia is really excited about it because lydia is next to allison and trying to answer questions about scott so scott's showing off my notes say there's some gorgeous cinematography and some very bad cgi (laughs) yes yeah the the ball the lacrosse ball coming towards the camera yes I was like, Just, damn, what is it's, this? It's intense. It's fantastic. Yeah. So Scott is feeling good and strong at lacrosse. He's got it this year. And everyone is excited except for Jackson. He does not like someone infringing on his lacrosse territory. No, he does not. Because it's like the one thing he's good at because he's not necessarily a smart boy. No, not necessarily. He's, he's got lacrosse. And it is also the thing that keeps Lydia with him. And if he doesn't have that, then what does he have? And yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Yeah, Jackson and his self-confidence issues will become a, a topic that we'll talk about a little later. Yes. And Jackson gets a whole a whole storyline that's oh yeah weird, but good. I get well, I don't remember if it's good, but it's definitely weird. It is good. It's just also pretty weird. Yeah. So, you know, Scott and Styles go back out into the woods after school because there's still a body to find and you can't let that go. <laughs> there's a body to find and Scott lost his inhaler and those things are expensive. They really, he's not lying. No, his, he's not lying. <laughs> his mom does not make a lot of money 
and he cannot leave that inhaler on the ground. No. So Scott's out there hearing and smelling things that he's never heard nor smelled before. And Styles is just like, my bro, it's like canthropy. <laughs> As if that's not the weirdest thing anyone has ever said. Yeah, I think it's called lycanthropy. What's what's that? Is it bad? Oh, yeah, it's the worst, but only <laughs> once a month. You're, uh, you're going to have a period, my dude. <laughs> my dude. I'd also like to point out in this particular scene, so the early seasons of Teen Wolf are notorious for their product placement. Oh, yeah. And I believe this is the first product placement. I can smell that mint mojito gum in your pocket. Yeah, what was that? That's I don't have any yeah. mint mojito. <laughs> yeah. Like, really got to get those mint mojito gum dollars. I think I think there were some mint mojito gum dollars at stake. Yeah, because you got the Camaro. Like really, and the yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Honestly, my favorite part of this whole thing is just how beautiful Derek Hale looks standing there in his leather jacket. Indeed. So I'm gonna again try to take my shipping goggles off as much no, as I can. Absolutely not. i'm trying to be an equal opportunity shipper in this watch through i'm trying to loosen the goggles a little bit so in the lore and the canon so styles is we see throughout the pilot that styles is pretty smart he is the one that's looking at information and processing information and he is the first person to say the word werewolf Mm -hmm. and if we were to believe kind of the things that we see Derek probably heard him say it Mm -hmm. if Derek's in the woods just like hanging out he probably heard Styles talking about it yep and I really he's an older werewolf you know he's fine he's got he's had practice he has had practice I appreciate in this that Derek talks with his eyebrows he does a lot of like large eyebrow motions in this he really does and Tyler Hecklin's got a set of them too he's got some great eyebrows but Derek likes to talk with his eyebrows and in a thing that Styles will do for the first few seasons, he is just staring open-mouthed. Styles yeah. stares open-mouthed at a lot of things, but one of them is Derek. Yes. And so it turns out that Derek has found Scott's inhaler and returns it. That's so, very nice of him. Very nice. So, again, Styles being the telling of the screenwriting, he's the, the tell-not-show, he's the one who introduces Derek to the audience. Dude, that was Derek Hale. He's Mm -hmm. only like a few years older than us. His family, they all burned to death in a fire like 10 years ago. Poor Derek. So as we look at the timeline, we're just going to ignore this entire sentence. But just take it into your heart for right now. That's Derek Hale. He's not that much older than them. And his family all burned to death in a fire. A bummer. Yep. But he did return Scott's inhaler. (laughs) I hold to this timeline because like it makes more sense for Derek to be just out of high school correct like it makes more sense for him to be 19 while scott and styles are 16 it just does it does and that's like that's where we get into some sticky territory yeah because later on all of a sudden he's like 25 and you're like "No, no, no 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 and his whole fucking family has burned alive and he's standing in the ruins of his own home it's devastating it's really devastating so Scott gets his inhaler back and then goes to work. Yeah, they don't really establish, and I feel like maybe there's a cut scene, but it doesn't super establish that he volunteers and or works at this animal clinic. He just is like there. He's just there yeah, doing minor medical care on himself. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird given his age that he's working at an animal clinic and you're like, hold on, who, what, when, where, and why is he allowed to do this? And after hours. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. After school lacrosse practice and hanging out in the woods, now he's at an animal clinic. Like, what fucking time is it? Does he not have homework? Like, what? What are the qualifications to work at an animal clinic and be without supervision, sir? Yeah, sir. Yeah, it's very strange. But we see him doing like some minor medical care, trying to like look at the bandage, and his bite is gone. It's been like a day. Of course, weird. Got that werewolf juice. Got that werewolf juice. I'd take that. That'd be fine with me. Yeah. Yeah, he's all he's all healed up, which is convenient because all of a sudden Allison shows up at the clinic because she has hit a dog in the rain. And she's just sobbing. Yeah. Well, I, as I feel I, that. My God, I'd be fucking devastated. So there are a few bones I'd like to pick with Allison, Miss Allison Argent in this particular scene. She says, I looked down off because I was changing the song on my iPod, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. Yep. You know, you don't have to look down. You can hear the clicks on the wheel. And I also really appreciate that after she changed the song on her iPod, she hit a dog in the dark, in the rain, and then went outside, picked up the dog, and put it in the back of her car. Yes. To drive it to the vet clinic that's not open. Mm-hmm. I really, I just like, I really appreciate her train of thought <laughs> and her physical strength. Yeah. I mean, at least she didn't just leave it there. Correct. So uh, Scott manages to, you know, the dog is obviously in distress because ouchies. But Scott calms the dog down with his eyes glowing a mysterious shade of gold. And some pretty intense music. Some very intense music. Yeah. This eye color issue will come back later. Yes. But for now, we see that his eyes are are glowing gold. And the dog is calm while uh, he both splints the dog's leg and flirts with Allison. Yes. And he says that, you know, he saw the vet do this once, so he knows how to do it. Like, okay, I'm sure this dog will not have any lasting impacts. You know, he's trying. He's trying. (laughs) Yeah, but all is well with the dog, thankfully. All is well with the dog and the dog and Scott share like a non-supernatural connection. So Allison's like soaking wet. So Scott offers her a spare t-shirt and he is caught looking at her while she's changing. And then the dog looks up at him and is like, bro, Mm -hmm. sir. Mm -hmm. And then Scott looks back down like, okay. (laughs) Also weird, but fine. <laughs> also weird, but a little bit fine. Yeah. Um, the scene, for as like silly as it is, it's so incredibly sweet and so soft. Scott trying to make Allison feel better. Allison getting some character development in. Just Scott being just like a cute, silly, sweet little puppy. He's just adorable. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. You don't want yeah. her to sue. I've heard this breed is very litigious. Like, sir, yeah. who are you, who you trying to impress? Oh, right. The pretty girl dude. next to you. Yeah. He is a good dude. It is unfortunate that he starts sleepwalking. It is because he's all high on his flirting and he falls asleep and then he wakes up in the forest. And in a pool. Yeah. He wakes up in a forest and sees the scary monster and then runs through the forest and then leaps over a fence into a pool. Mm -hmm. That's a bad way to start your day. Not great. Not great. It does later, I mean, it doesn't lead to, but we do later get a fantastic line when Jackson confronts Scott thinking that he's on steroids later in the day. Where are you getting your juice? My mom does all the grocery shopping. I wonder if the writer knew that that was going to be iconic. I, don't I know. hope they did. I hope they did. It's just super good. 
yeah i just it's funny because like i feel like those things were missing in later seasons they definitely were the the comedy kind of goes out the window <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because it's a dramedy i think mm-hmm. there's it's a dramedy it's not simply a scary tv show right which is nice because there's plenty of scary tv shows out there i, I didn't need another one no and it's not that scary right <laughs> no it's either gotta be yellow jackets or it's gotta be silly funny you can't right so jackson's confronting scott and scott has like a minor breakdown which is completely reasonable for a like a 15 year old boy who is you know seeing hearing and smelling things that he shouldn't be able to see hear and smell um mm-hmm. but jackson does not buy it Mm-mm. no why would he because it's all insane completely and you know if someone goes off on you of like i'm saying things that i shouldn't you'd be like okay buddy okay buddy but we I'm know gonna... that scott is not he's not fooling no he is trying his best he does he tries he's a good kid so you know for now eh, under my notes under styles being smart according to his creep in at the sheriff's office there were animal hairs found on the dead body and they turned out to be wolf hair. Mm-hmm. I guess there are wolves. His defeated face Aperol. says that he's seriously leaning into the lycanthropy theory. Yes. I love that this is canon, not fanon, that he is like this, that he has these full research modes, taking Adderall up all night, papers on the floors, laying out facts, making connections. Because sometimes I think fans take characters and then extrapolate and really kind of draw out pieces of them until they're almost unrecognizable and this is not one of those things like this is a core piece of styles's personality yeah a hundred percent and you see it from the beginning mm-hmm. so they're playing the cross and scott is getting much much better again jackson is still having none of it and in my favorite moment of the episode coach says to scott that he made first line and the entire crowd behind scott stands up to cheer (laughs) like i don't know but it's fantastic to watch the people who didn't even know he existed and scott is just unbelievably sweet in this moment he's so happy he is he made he made first line did he made first line this year's going great kind of so far, school stuff is all right. It's all right. It's all right. Except for the werewolf thing. Except for the werewolf thing. But, you know, we're we're working on it. Well, you know, what he's not working on is his temper. No. And this comes up at Lydia's party. It does. So Scott, you know, he's asked Allison out on a date when she came into the vet's office and they're going to Lydia's party. And as Styles has said earlier, no one raises your pulse quite like Allison does. So Scott finds himself a little overstimulated at the party. Yes. And his werewolf control issues kind of come to the forefront. Yes. Yep. I don't remember when it started happening in Fanon or just the creators, but just calling it getting wolfed out. Yeah. I don't know. That's but absolutely what happens. Is correct. He starts like getting the teeth and claws and like ear hair <laughs> and the ears yeah yeah the ears and like ear hair and he ditches he has to run off before he thinks he'll do something to allison and derek who has been lurking at these this high school party even though again he is just out of high school so it's not 
that weird, I don't think. Other than he reads older because Tyler Hecklin is so attractive. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Derek approaches Allison being like, I'm a friend of Scott's. And because of how the story is portraying Derek as a possible suspect for the murder of the girl, we're supposed to be afraid for Allison in that moment. We are definitely afraid for Allison in that moment. Yeah. Because Scott thinks that Derek is the werewolf who bit him and killed the girl in the woods. And Styles is like, BT dubs, Derek drove Allison home from the party. And so, so Scott, Scott Scott is having a, a bad night in the yeah. bathroom. Scott goes full, well, as full wolf as he can at this moment and takes off for the Argent's house. But Allison is already safely at home. Yeah, and Styles finds finds her there, and it's super cool. But Scott's running through the woods trying to find her. Mm -hmm. But who finds him first? Yeah, well, he's drawn into the woods by the scent of Allison's jacket. Placed there by Derek Derek to bring him into the woods and away from Allison's house because he knows Mm -hmm. that if Scott goes to Allison's house, it's going to be bad news bears. Yes, because Derek is trying to protect Scott from himself because he knows what the fuck is going on. And also from these other guys who show up in this scene. Yes, a bunch of hunters arrive in the woods, including one Daddy Argent. Who we don't know that's Daddy Argent just yet, but there's an incredibly attractive older gentleman who comes out yes. and shoots Scott in the arm with an exploding arrow. And you're like, oh no, that is bad. <laughs> don't do that. Yep. yep. Arrows go flying. There's guns. And Derek explains that hunters have been after wolves for centuries. So now we are introduced to the concept of hunters who are obviously hunting wolves, which is not great because now we have our antagonists for at least the season. At least we yeah. have wolves, werewolves, and we have the hunters who are going after them. And now Scott not only has to confront the fact that he is a werewolf, he has to fucking survive the lacrosse team and not get shot by an arrow in the woods. Not get shot by an arrow in the woods. And like, as I watch this as an adult, I just, I feel so much sympathy for Scott. Yeah. The kid is 15. He has had a hard couple of days and he is having a harder day right now. It just, it keeps getting harder and he's so scared. And I'm like, yes, you are 100% entitled to your feelings in this moment. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. Yep. But here we get a couple of motifs that'll show up a little later. Derek says, the bite is a gift. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is it though, Derek? And Scott says, I don't want it. And Derek keeps talking and goes, you and me, we're brothers now. I felt, knowing what happens later, is I felt so bad for Derek. Oh, yeah. Like, he just wants a family again. He does. He just wants to like be with other people again yeah yeah his whole family has died he is a again a pack animal he is a pack creature person and he is alone alone in the fucking woods in a burnt out house he and a kid he's a kid he's 19 he's a kid and that's Ish. another thing is that when you're you're supposed to watch it and you're supposed to see Derek as this like big adult mm-hmm. this big adult creature and the more you watch the show you're like he is also just a kid like i don't i don't know about y'all but my brain didn't totally solidify i must have been at least i'm not even sure if it's solidified all the way now i'm i'm in my 30s like (laughs) when i was 19 when i was 25 i was just i I was a teletubby with a credit card my brain was made of garbage yeah yeah and they're all just trying their best they're kids they're all just kids yeah and he's just doing what little he knows 
and this is what he doesn't do it well right and he's also he's kind of thrown into a situation because of what we'll find out later of how what happens to scott but like yeah he's doing his best with what little he knows how to do correct and uh it sucks so scott's basically out there until morning and styles picks him up in the jeep and scott or styles gives scott his jacket his blazer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's incredibly sweet that's very very cute styles uh, suggests that they tell allison about scott being a werewolf and the real reason that he did sure doesn't that idea doesn't go over great with scott (laughs) Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't go well so we finally get to the night we get to the next day at school and you know scott's all geared up for lacrosse and he runs up he runs up to allison yes he allison is annoyed with him obviously because you know the previous evening was weird but it's going to give him a second chance and again she's known this dude for what like two days maybe three days maybe and then her dad comes to pick her up that's my dad i better go guess who it is it is the same scary, beautiful <laughs> hunter from the woods who shot Scott with an arrow that exploded. Sure is. Sure is. Sure is, Daddy Argent. Hi, Daddy. Yep. So surprise, Scott. Things just got a whole lot worse for you. So we finish out the episode with a lot of stuff that has happened. And they've set up a lot of things for the season and for the series. Yes. There is a lot happening here. Of There's a lot happening here. Having to become a werewolf, knowing what that is. Introducing the hunters. antagonists. Yep. Well, the first set of antagonists, but we don't even know that yet. Right. But like the hunters and the scary monster. Yep. The body in the woods. Yep. Don't even know what's happening with that yet. Nope. Won't know that until the next episode. Yeah. Derek, who they still think is a murderer. Yep. Dating. High school in general. So hard. <laughs> trying to be popular, trying to be good at lacrosse, trying to get off the yeah. bench, trying to pass classes, trying to read yeah. Kafka. <laughs> Fuck Kafka. Poor kiddos. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot going on. And obviously, knowing how TV shows work, they're going to throw more at him. Every, every single episode. Kid can't yeah. catch a break. He cannot. And, you know, it's really, I think, set up for the audience to try to decide, is Scott up to it? Right. Like, is he, is he going to be able to handle this shit i don't know is he will i don't know handle it well they made quote unquote six seasons so you know he's he he does something something happens he is the protagonist with a capital p he sure is the protagonist amongst some others but yes he is the the lead of the show so he is in fact the teen wolf (laughs) it's the teen wolf yeah He he is the teen wolf like and that's one of the things that we tend to lose in fandom um, as we get so wrapped up in the side characters, and it's like, no, no, no. Actually, Scott is, in fact, the protagonist. Yeah. I mean, I am a Styles Derek Stan, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Scott is the main character. It's Lydia for me, and in a in a very tight, like, one, two is a character named Erica, who we're going to meet uh, in yes. season two. I always forget uh, that she doesn't arrive until season two. She doesn't arrive until season two, and it makes me so mad. I'm like, I want more of you, but I will settle for season two. Like, let's go. Yeah, there's a whole raft of characters that I'm like, where are they? I'm where, like, right. where are you? You're like, you don't know. Where are you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at least, so we've got our main set of characters. We've got Scott and his bestie, Styles. We've got Scott's mom, Melissa. Yeah. And- Styles' dad, the sheriff. 
we've got Allison and her daddy, the Hunter Man. Unnamed Hunter Man at this point. Unnamed Hunter Man. We've got Lydia, Allison's new BFF, and her boyfriend, Jackson. And that's that's a pretty – and Derek, of course, kind of like being spooky in the shadows. So that's really our our core cast of characters right this second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid for for your pilot. You'd make a good a good show based off of that that cast of characters. So I guess the question is, is this a good pilot? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is a good pilot. The only thing that continues to irk me about it is from with with my gift maker hat on, because I am a Tumblr gift maker. That's like one of the things that I do. This episode is so hard to color because everything is like a little more yellow or a little more blue than it really needs to be. Um and so, like, I can just never get the temperature right on this freaking episode. Sure. <laughs> but it does have a very specific visual style. I mm-hmm. like it. And I, by the end of the pilot, I'm interested in all these things. They've set up a bunch of mysteries. They have answered just enough questions that, like, I'm, you know, I'm still on board. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a distinct blue tinge to it. A very twilight blue tinge. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only thing that I still want to completely shout out in this episode as it runs an embarrassingly long amount of time is that one of the things that I often forget until I go back to season one is that the show was put on by MTV, which is music television. The music, especially in the first couple of seasons, is so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like. The music in the first season, the music in the second season in particular, are just, they're so good. There's so many good songs. They're used so well. I just really enjoy listening to all of this music, where, as I can't say that for a lot of TV shows. So good job, MTV. Right. Yeah. Well, it's what they were good at for a while. Yeah. Once upon a time, it's what they did. Back in the day. Back in the day. Remember, kids, MTV used to play music videos. I did. All day, all night. Appointment viewing. Appointment <laughs> Well, music videos used to be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Debut. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the pilot episode of Teen Wolf and our pilot episode of Pack Dynamics, a Teen Wolf podcast. Just that's thank you. Flow. If you've made it here, just thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us talk about this. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. So thank you for thanks for being here. We are longtime watchers, first time talkers. Correct. Uh, well, about uh, this anyway. Yeah, about this. Emily's got, you know, her stuff, but this is my kind of first main foray. If you're on the Patreon, I did a guest spot moons ago. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yes. Moons. Moons ago, yes. About, I did a That's My Ship episode. And unfortunately, looking back at it, my goggles were on a little too tight at the time. (laughs) They were on a little too tight. I got some stuff wrong. So I will be correcting that as we get to these episodes. Should we link it? Should we link the That's My Ship episode? Sure. For fun and for profit. No. (laughs) But no, please enjoy that if that's a thing that you are into. But please know that I got some stuff wrong in it because my goggles were on too tight. So I apologize for that. And as we move through the series, I will be correcting the things I got wrong. (laughs) Because I still feel pretty bad about it. So but definitely link it, link it below. And, you know, we will see you all next time. Yes, you can find this in the Phantom on the Rocks feed and wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next one.
You've been listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks. Subscribers get access to ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into fandom, and more. So until next time, keep your pack close.